0: Hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants for Business Casual, our weekly podcast with my co-host, Caroline D.R.T. Edwards and Maria Wick-Villa. Caroline, of course, is the former director of admissions at NCIAD and a co-founder of Fortuna Admissions, one of the leading MBA admissions consulting firms in the world. And Maria is the founder of Applicant Lab which is a great software platform for people who want to do sort of self-guided applications to the best schools. And Maria also does consulting as well. So we are five days away from the election. When this podcast goes live, it will be election day. And everyone is in a tizzy over what's going to happen. You know, there's no way to predict with 100% certainty who's going to win and what implications the win might have for both the country and the world and for higher education. But obviously, things are looking pretty bad for the Trump re-election effort. Based on polls, that show at this time, he's 10 to 12 points behind nationally, much closer in some battleground states, of course. But even in most of those, and even though the margin of favorability for Biden is within the margin of error, Biden looks very likely to not only pull it out, but perhaps even record a landslide. Meantime, I'm just going to give you a few little tidbits about what's happening in the business goal world. There is an effort by a negotiations professor at Harvard Business School. His name is Deepak malhorta and he drafted an open letter urging the CEOs in America to publicly speak out against Trump. He contends that Trump poses a literal threat to our republic. And so far, as of today, more than 850 Business School professors have signed this open letter. They include over 30 professors from Wharton, which of course is Trump's undergraduate alma mater. They include over 30 professors from Harvard Business School. There are two Nobel laureates, Alvin Roth and William Sharp, on the list, as well as Wharton's Adam Grant and Amanda Duckworth and Stanford's Jeffrey Pfeiffer and Michigan's Michael Jensen, some of the most well-known academics in the business school field. And there are dozens upon dozens and dozens of business schools represented with faculty who have signed the letter. Meantime, you know, we there was a poll of MBA students at Wharton and more than 340 current students endorsed Joe Biden over Trump, which is pretty much a slap in the face for Trump, given the fact that he graduated from Wharton. We had done earlier a survey of MBA applicants and students, and we found overwhelming support for... Trump's democratic rival with 73% saying they intend to vote for Biden and just 24% saying they support the re-election of Trump. For us the more important point is is not about who's ahead, who's behind. It's more about what are the implications for higher education. And as everyone knows, the United States and Europe for that matter are very dependent on international students. And in the last several years there's been a great decline in the volume of international applicants to business schools in part because of all of the anti-immigration rhetoric by the Trump administration in part by his efforts to restrict immigration and make it more difficult. There were cases where in fact, International students who were here would refuse to go on global immersion trips for fear that they wouldn't be able to come back into the country. There were long delays for international students coming to the United States through his first three and a half years because they were often held up at the borders. What do we think is gonna happen to immigration and to the international student population if Biden wins? Caroline, you have the unique role of being our sort of global citizen (laughs) (laughs) and viewing this whole election from France right now. Yes. What's, What's your take on it? And what do you think ultimately will happen if Biden wins for schools?
1: Yeah. Well, I think most likely Biden will win, of course, we're crossing fingers and toes and everything else. But that does look like most likely scenario. And I think there will be a very different environment um, and hopefully that will make it much easier for students and will increase the, the pipeline of international applications for schools because it's been a disaster for, for American colleges, you know, both at the undergraduate level and the postgraduate level to not have the same inflow of, of, of talent and tuition fees that they have enjoyed for so many years. That decline is is a great blow to, you know, the education sector in, in the U.S. So the schools are pretty desperate to turn that around. Uh, it doesn't sure. do anyone any favors. And, you know, I really don't understand the logic of it. You know, the the U.S. has, you know, really benefited from being that that beacon of global education and attracting the best talent from around the world. I mean, what a wonderful position to be in to what people, you know, the creme de la creme of the education systems around the world who want to come and study in your country and, and want to pursue their education in the U.S. and, and bring those fees and that talent and, and, you know, potentially feed into the workforce in the U.S. That's a, a, a tremendous asset to have. And, and the fact that, you know, the Trump administration has tried to undermine that is, is senseless. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Biden administration will look to to. Change things on that front fairly quickly. Hopefully, of course, they've got a lot of things to to pay attention to when they True. come into power. So it might might take a little bit of time, but um, you know, I think we can expect a much better environment for, for international students.
0: And Caroline, in the last couple of years, have you worked with international applicants who, you know, during another time would have applied to U.S. schools, but instead they applied to Europe and elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely happened. You know, large volumes of international applicants who would otherwise have, you know, only have had U.S. schools on their list and have been deterred by the environment, by the immigration or just, just the climate, you know, just not interested in being in the U.S. in, in, in Trump's America. And so, yes, it's been, it's been a bonus for the international schools like INSEAD and London Business School and, and so on. They've definitely absorbed a, a flow of students that would otherwise have gone to to u.s schools and even you know i've worked with american students who have applied to international schools because they you know <laughs> right. they just thought you know if there's a good time to get out of the u.s it's now let's go and get an international experience because i'm sick of the the new cycle and the environment in my home country right now so that, that's definitely been been a trend also
0: maria have you seen that trend
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. I think especially when you take into account that many international students have to take out student loans that are denominated in U.S. dollars. And so if the potential for them to stay in the country afterwards and earn in U.S. dollars in order to pay back that debt, if that is threatened, it certainly makes the risk, you know, it makes it a much more risky proposition. I've also seen a lot of people, you know, I think I think Canada as a nation is doing a great job. It's like competitive strategy 101. I feel like True. Canada has seen this as an amazing opportunity to pick up a lot of the world's talent that would have otherwise come to the US. They offer a much more streamlined, you know, pathway to citizenship and they're much more generous with their with their work visas. And so I think Canada could be a great option for people who are perhaps looking for that North American lifestyle but in a in a different, you know, cert- certainly more welcoming society.
0: Yeah, that's really true. You know, and you look, I'm going to go back to what Caroline said as well. You know, if you think about what kind of headlines are appearing all over the world about America during the Trump era, it's headlines about the violence in Charlottesville when right-wing extremists, white supremacists, came into town and one woman was killed as a result. It's White men showing up in camouflage with guns at the state house in Michigan. It's really a, a terrifying view of the worst of America, which would scare off anybody, scaring many American citizens. But if you look at this from abroad, from someone who doesn't really understand the culture, doesn't understand that actually. You know, most colleges and universities are in highly progressive areas. They're blue bubbles, if not in blue states. And that's really not what America is. But it's hard to shake those images and those stories that make you think you would never be welcome here as an international student. I'm sure both of you hear that as well.
1: Yeah, it's a huge blow to the U.S. The U.S.'s reputation globally. And it's going to take some time to, to recover from that, right? Trump has really dragged the U.S. down on the international stage and has, you know, ha- has undermined its reputation, has damaged relationships with important allies. That's not going to be repaired overnight.
0: No. And there's a lot to unravel, as you pointed out. I mean, there's been a lot of damage done to the government, government agencies and institutions, that safeguard a democracy, government institutions that, frankly, safeguard American health and the environment. There's going to have to be a tremendous amount of work done to fix all the damage that has been done in the last three and a half to four years under the Trump administration. I sense that there will be no shortage of people, who will rise to the challenge because that's the way it often happens in this country. But it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of it's going to be, frankly, painful in including significant tax hikes, particularly on the rich, that are absolutely necessary. Now, there, there are certain things that, that are more, I would say, elusive in terms of deciding what impact a Biden administration might have. Things like university funding, low-income students, For profit colleges, the free speech debate, these are all issues that have, that have been incredibly important on the college campus. And it's, it's harder to predict what might happen there. I mean, would we expect the Biden administration to increase funding to universities and education? What do you two think?
2: Yeah, I I definitely, I definitely think he would. I think he's, he's, it's official part of his platform that he wants to make college, especially community college, more accessible, reduce the student loan burden. So I guess from that perspective, you know, he would, it would be, hopefully he would be uh, more open to helping international students get their visas, but maybe it would also create a little more competition if lower income students are now able to get their undergraduate degrees more easily, you know, my hope would be that a rising tide lifts all boats. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that's part of his platform. Yeah.
0: Yep. And for-profit colleges, which have been frankly embraced by Trump's education secretary, Betsy DeVoe. I would imagine that if you're an investor in a for-profit college and Biden wins, well, you might want to be shorting that stock right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's good. Well, I mean, it's on the wall.
0: oh, it's very good. It yeah. <laughs> really is, no doubt about it. Now, there are people in the uh, applicant market right now from abroad. Do you already sense that maybe they think? this era is over and that they are applying in the current admission cycle with the hope that they will come to America and America will be a different place?
2: I'm working with someone right now who is applying to U.S. colleges in round one. The The idea is that you you find out from those schools sort of in December. So her rationale is, well, you know, the, the election's in November and if you know if if Trump wins again i will apply to a ton of canadian and european schools in round 2
0: <laughs> so so she's actually
2: timing it out between the different rounds the different admissions rounds depending you know revolving it around the election
0: that's fascinating yeah and i think
1: some some international candidates are just waiting and will apply in round 2 if biden wins
0: wow so that that's really interesting too because you know we have said that this is going to be we have said this over and over again, this is going to be one of the most competitive admission years ever for the top business schools. But you're right. There's another interesting impact. If, in fact, Biden wins, you probably will see a fairly significant increase in international apps in round two and round three, mm-hmm. which is yeah. going to make, the round, yeah. make this uh, admission cycle even more competitive than it already is, given the deferments given the pent-up demand, the fact that more people are applying simply because the economy is not so good. That's going to be a fascinating and difficult challenge for admission directors and their teams to wade through and and, and find the right people for their programs.
1: Yes, and I think they'll be looking to bolster the, the representation of international students in the class after so many of the schools saw sort a of drop in the representation and percentage of internationals for, for the class that just started. So I'm sure they will be happy if there's a, you know an increase in volume in round two.
0: That's true. And in fact, this drop, which is fairly significant at many schools, has led a number of deans to also sign letters saying you know how important it is for the schools to have, Great diversity, international diversity, different cultures, different viewpoints, different perspectives that only enrich the education and the value of an MBA experience, which with fewer international students in the classroom gets diminished. I yeah. mean, that's one of the great appeals of the uh, European programs. their yes. incredible international diversity.
2: Yeah. And even beyond the classroom, right? I, I'm Caroline can certainly talk more about this, but like beyond the classroom years, right? Inter- the international network can be vital if you're building a business and then expanding it overseas. You know, it's amazing to have friends in those countries who can help guide you. So it's not yeah. just, it's not just a like, oh, well, the classroom discussion is more rich and vibrant if we have it. No, it's, it's, it has a very practical and tangible impact in a positive way, even beyond graduation.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good point. Really good point. Well, how are you going to spend Tuesday? What are you going to do? Are you going to be glued in front of the television or going to shut it down and zero out because you just don't want to know?
1: Well, for me, it's going to be the middle of the night, right, when your results start coming in. So right. I think I'm going to be checking, waking it up every half an hour to check my phone
2: probably. Oh,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about you guys? Maria I don't know. I think I'm going to I I don't know that I can bring myself to do it. I I just <laughs> I think I'm a little traumatized guys from from election night 4 years ago where I was like so excited that Hillary was going to win and it was so great and a great woman great moment to be a woman in America. Uh <laughs> and so I uh you know, I think I've got a little bit of PTSD from that day. And so I don't yeah. want to jinx things. So I think I'm going <laughs> to, it's going to be hard, but I think I'm just going to kind of pretend that it's not happening and try my best to not stare at CNN all day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I have some clients who have their NBA admissions interviews on Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday. I mean, it's kind of a tough thing to focus on when the election is, is going on.
0: That's really true. You know, four years ago, uh, we decided to have an election night party. We put champagne on ice, had all the flutes out on the bar, had, I think it was like 30 people in the house uh, to celebrate the election of the first female president of the United States. And as the results came in, wow. the smiles turned to frowns. Ugh. And the party became a funeral, and the champagne was never opened. Yeah. Now, in this pandemic, there will be no party. There will be no gathering. But I think the result will be different.
1: Yeah. Well, keep, keep your champagne not too far. You know, it's a little bit handy, and you don't want to put it on ice. Just have throw an ice cube in. Indeed. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and, indeed. Well, listen, everyone out there, no matter how glued you are to the TV set, or if you are deciding to completely ignore it just for your own sanity, and whether you support Trump, because there are people who support Trump, 24% of our readers support Trump. And if you support Biden, I mean, I think the bottom line is a Biden election is much better for higher education in America, much better for even domestic students to be in class with more international students and to be exposed to different perspectives and cultures that you otherwise might not get, and to widen and, and deepen the network of people and friends that you'll have for a lifetime. Here is to a good election result. Here's to a safe and healthy final election result. And here's to the next four years. Maria and Caroline, thank you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> here.
0: All right. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. You've been listening to Business Casual.